Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, is known for being explicit, fun, and women-run. That's why we've partnered with Explicit Essentials to bring a special discount to our listeners. What is Explicit Essentials? Bath, body, and beauty products featuring bad words and good vibes. Wield the taboo like the powerful bitch you are. Still not convinced? Explicit Essentials uses premium, ethically sourced, cruelty-free ingredients for their small batch, handmade products. Even better, with our code WHAMBAM20, you'll get 20% off your badass purchase. To support us and a fantastic women-run independent business, visit shopexplicitessentials.com and remember to use WHAMBAM20 at checkout. Get flirty and stay explicit. Wham. Bam, Thank You Ma'am is a podcast that discusses sex, intimate and sexual situations, sexualized anatomy, alcohol, and substance use. Naughty language will be used. We recommend listeners be 18 or older, as some content will not be suitable for younger listeners. Individual episodes may contain additional content warnings. Please refer to these at the start of each episode to keep yourself safe. Most importantly, have fun and enjoy. Welcome to a very special episode of Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am, the smuttiest, sluttiest podcast this side of literary analysis. Today, we're reading fanfiction and that's it. This is oops, all fanfiction. These fanfictions have been submitted by our community and chosen by the mams themselves. We've also realized that the mams together are a mammary and I wanted to share that information. We're a mammary? We're a mammary, yes. <laughs> The, the mams in unison, we are the mammary. I'm Corinne, I'm here because I know too much about literature, and I studied writing in college. Why are you here, Roxy? I ask myself every day, why, why am I here? I'm here because I love romance novels to an unhealthy degree, and I thought I'd put it in a productive manner. <laughs> the productive outlet, you know? <laughs> you're, you're just trying to make your passion into something more. Listen, if I can put my smut novels on my taxes, it's the dream life. <laughs> All right. And uh, Andy, why are you here? Uh, court ordered crime. <laughs> Was it murder again? I, I, I'm not at liberty to say. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I hope that your community service <laughs> is well served here. <laughs> no, uh, I have spent most of my life absolutely embedded in everything fandom culture. So Embedded? Like a tick in your armpit. No, no, no. You've been sleeping with fan fiction. I understand. Embedded. Oh, I have fanfic fleas. <laughs> fi- fi- fic fleas. Fic fleas. Fic fleas. Fic fleas. <laughs> Awful. Okay, this is terrible and I hate it. Let's fucking read some curse. <laughs> okay, wh- do we want to start with something gentle? Want to go to the bad and save the gentle for later? I, I think we're going to need aftercare. I think we yeah. should okay. just go into the rough and ready. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to save Cough Medicine by Ginny for the end. What? Don't worry, it's just soft and sweet. I haven't looked at any of these, and I am terrified. <laughs> I have a request on what to start with, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So we have some amazing submissions, okay? But my husband, I asked him to look for some fix for us. My beautiful husband, Ben, the tornado. What have you done? <laughs> and he has found... A fanfic entitled Shove the Thneed in My Ass. Ah, uh, yes, I have that one right here. Yes. Yeah. Where is it? Can you post it in chat? It is in the Oops All fanfic. Now, I can be the narrator 
Does somebody want to be Reagan and then somebody wants to be the onceler? I'll be Reagan so Andy can be the onceler. <laughs> Andy, you do give off onceler energy. So I think that makes sense. That's the meanest thing you've ever <laughs> said to me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I did not come here to be fucking insulted. Uh, oh my god. Uh, um, which No, it's Tumblr sexy man energy. Tumblr okay, wants to that, fuck the onceler. Don't that you I know that? Take. That what I will take. <laughs> I don't know anything about fan fiction, so like this is wild to me. Just a quick little history lesson for you, Roxy. Whenever the Lorax came out, everyone saw the Twink Onceler and was like, "I want to fuck him." Can someone post a picture of the Onceler? I don't know who y'all are. Absolutely. Who is this? <laughs> what? He's a Tumblr sexy man, and that's all you need to know. What's a Tumblr sexy man? <laughs> Oh, my oh, sweet God. summer child. Have you ever... Okay, I don't know how to explain. It's just a person that Tumblr finds incredibly sexy for no reason. What? Like, San Sans Undertale is one. What? Sans? The little skeleton boy? Sans Undertale. He's actually the Tumblr sexy yeah, man. He won, he won he the won. poll. Yeah. What timeline have I fallen into? The worst one. Usually I say the worst one, but if we're talking Tumblr sexy men, then I'm going to say the best one. <laughs> okay, I, I'm ready to read this. I'm ready to... Yeah. I'm so scared. I think I'm the bottom. All right. Don't I'm say so, anything. I'll be gentle with you. <laughs> Promise? You are the bottom of the mams right now. Just like list order. I hate it here. I hope you love me, though. I do. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Reagan was riding the taxi home after work one day when he realized that the drive was taking longer than normal. However, he just took it up to being in traffic. So he waited and waited some more. After a while, Reagan looked up from his phone and saw unusual trees. The taxi driver stopped and told Reagan that he had arrived at his destination. Reagan got out of the car and looked around, seeing unusual trees, as I just mentioned, and a huge factory. Mom, is this a joke? He sighed and put his hand on his head. I never knew you were the kind of person to do this. All right, just come out now and... Who are you? What the fuck? <laughs> a sudden voice from behind caused Reagan to turn around. He saw a tall man draped in green with a tall hat and short black hair. Reagan then walked up to the strange man. All right, I get it, Mob. Is this another one of those spirits? Your humor is kind of strange, I'll be honest. He stuck his hand out in front of the strange man, and it hit his chest. What do you think you're doing? The man looked at Reagan with confusion and discontent, causing him to jump back. Ah, wait, you're an actual person? Where am I? Reagan asked, puzzled. Yes, I am a real person. I am known as the Wunzler, and this is Thneedville. I own a conglomerate that makes the needs. And who might you be? I see. I am Reagan Arataka. I run a spirit consultant office. I don't remember how I got here, though. They both stared at each other for a while, unsure of how to continue the conversation. Onceler fixed his hat, while Reagan fixed his tie. Do you want to see the factory where I make my sneeds? The Onceler <laughs> asked Reagan, to which the blonde man agreed. They walked over to the factory, and Reagan taking in his surroundings. The Onceler took Reagan up the stairs and finally reached the office. The large windows lit up the room, and the large desk and chair were beautiful. 
The oncer sat down in the chair and beckoned Reagan to join him over there. Reagan obliged, unsure of why he did. Reagan, I need to tell you something. The oncer stared deep into Reagan's eyes, not breaking eye contact. I have felt this connection ever since I met you. It's hard to explain, but I just feel that... Reagan pulled Wunsler in for a kiss, their eyes fluttering close. Wunsler grabbed Reagan's ass and sat him on the desk, their mouths separated for a moment, and they stared at each other's eyes. Reagan started to unbuckle his belt and slid his pants off. Wunsler took off his pants as well and lifted up Reagan's legs and rested them on his shoulders. He then inserted a finger into Reagan's tight ass, pushing in and out. A small moan left Reagan's mouth, causing Wunsler to smirk. He stuck another finger in, making Reagan shudder in delight. Wunsler lifted Reagan's ass up more, up to his mouth. Wunsler then continued to lick at his hole, making Reagan moan, sticking his tongue in the blonde's tight ass as he let out an even louder moan. Wunsler grabbed Reagan's throbbing cock and started rubbing it up and down the shaft. The amount of pleasure started to build up even more and more inside of Reagan's body. He couldn't take it anymore. Thick semen flew out of his cock, spraying onto his shirt and Wunsler's hand. Oh, hang on. I need a moment because this line is going to be the best thing I've ever said in my life. And yes, Ben, <laughs> I am including our wedding vows. Well, this sure is a sight to behold. Seeing you like this makes my cock want to start biggering. Just look at this. He flopped his massive cock and balls onto the desk. This is what you do to me. Staring at his massive cock, Reagan couldn't help but be shocked. Wunsler's cock was at least ten inches long. He wasn't sure it would even fit. Reagan sucked his breath in as Wunsler started to probe at his boy pussy again, stretching it with his fingers. Wunsler then flipped Reagan over and bent him over the desk. Wunsler crawled over top of Reagan, pinning him down before grabbing at his massive cock. He then started to push it into Reagan's hole, causing the blonde man to erupt in moans. Do you need a minute? It's stupid. <laughs> he couldn't even finish a full sentence before moaning. It felt like his insides were being completely filled up. He grasped at the top of the desk as Wunsler slowly pushed his cock deep inside of him. Wunsler was using one hand to separate the blonde's ass and the other to push him onto the desk. I'm sorry. I'm trying to picture this in my mind's eye. Picture this in your mind. Fuck, you feel amazing. How do you feel this good? Once he groaned as he started slowly fucking Reagan, his long cock sliding gently in and out, the two of them moaning, fully taking in the other. Wunsler lifted up Reagan and pushed his back into his chest, twisting the blonde's head around to kiss. Their tongues swirled together in a sloppy kiss full of desire. Their faces were flushed red with heat. The two of them embraced each other in Wunsler's office, with the black-haired man thrusting deeper and deeper into Reagan's ass each time. After Wunsler came, he pulled out, much to the dismay of the blonde man. Wunsler then went to the corner of his office and pulled out a piece of clothing, which he labeled as a thneed. Wunsler then wrapped the thneed around the tip of his dick before sliding it back into Reagan's ass, which stopped the semen from spilling out of his hole. Every thrust that Wunsler did only pushed the thneed deeper and deeper into the blonde man's hole, filling up his stomach. The soft and fluffy texture from the thneed only stimulated Reagan's G-spot even more, while Wunsler continued pounding his ass. They continued to fuck for hours and hours. It seemed to go on forever. By the end of it, the only thing coming out of either of them was water, and the only thing that kept them going was pure lust for each other's embrace. After they were done, Wunsler helped get the need back out of Reagan's ass and gave it to him as a present to remember him with. Reagan left the building and saw the taxi that drove him here waiting for him. Reagan knew he had to leave, and he got back in the taxi. Reagan woke up 
with his bed soaking wet. He realized that he had had a wet dream, which was weird. He hadn't had one of those since high school. However, when he got to get up, he saw the Thneed laying on the bedside table next to him, all cleaned up and folded. Reagan quickly grabbed the Thneed and held it close. It smelled like Wunzler. Thank you for reading this monstrosity, says the author note. And there's, there's a sequel. Oh, there's a sequel! There's a sequel! <laughs> No, there's not. There is. They meet again. Yeah. Oh, can I read the ship tags, please, guys? Yes, Yes, please read the ship tags, and then I'll read the second one. (laughs) We we don't have to read the second one. I just (laughs) want people to know that this exists. Um, I just want you to know that the ship tags for this one includes Barack Obama and the Wunzler. No! Thomas and Diego from Thomas the Tank Engine. Fuck out! Yeah, if this woke uh, something in you, we're sorry. Can you read the tags from the original, though, Andy? Thomas the thermonuclear bomb. I'm sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> That's a real tag. Okay, the t- <laughs> I cave mine is on thin fucking ice. Okay, here are the additional tags for "Shove the Thneed in My Ass" by Calmet Karma. Smut, desk, inappropriate use of thneeds, the Lorax, thneeds, the Lorax, AU, taxi, dream, freeform, I hate myself, what have I become, massive cock, 10 inches, dead dove, do not eat, plot, what plot, slash porn without plot, little plot, hardcore, anal sex, anal fingering, anal play, cursed, ah, a little (laughs) funky, the author regrets everything, the dove is dead, dead, dead. The dove is so dead, it's extinct. The author regrets nothing. For those who don't know about Dead Dove Do Not Eat, it is a joke uh, that originates from, um, oh, what's that show called? Uh, uh, Arrested Development, I believe. Arrested Development, yes, yes. From Arrested Development, where there was a bag labeled Dead Dove. And someone opened it and found a dead dove inside. Dead Dove Do Not Eat. And you can see the tags like on a website such as AO3 and you go into it and then you're like, why the fuck is this in here when it's clearly tagged? That's what that means. Hey, if you're not interested in consuming this content, don't. Yeah, we're telling you right on the bag. Well, I don't know what I was expecting. (laughs) All right. uh, Who would like to pick the next fanfic? Roxy, I think you should pick the next one. Oh, okay. Let's see. What are our options? Your spouse did just submit one. Oh, yeah. what have you posted teeth? It, it's called Planet of the Ape Secret of Planet. That that one's not a smut one. That's okay. Um, I know. I know what this is. Well, Pixie, you'd, you'd asked me to pick a smut. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I want you to read some smut to me. So, so that one, oh, that one this is funny. But um, this won't be our last one, so there's time. The true. night is young. So the Sunny D one is the sweet one? No. No, it is not. Oh. No, the sweet one is cough medicine. Oh, okay. I'll go with Sunny D X reader with PP. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you want to narrate this one? Yeah, I can do this. Sure. Okay. Um, There are no characters, but it's short, so how bad could it be? Okay. Do you want to read the tags first? Sure. Once again, folks, I have not looked at any of this ahead of time, so I'm probably going to regret this. Fandom. Sunny D. TM. Okay, there's a fandom. Additional tags. Crack treated seriously. 
wet dreams lead to you fucking a sunny tea bottle. I took it upon myself to write this fic because I noticed there were no Sunny D reader fics on AO3. I wonder why. Would you do me the personal favor of reading the notes before you get started, Roxy? Okay, summary. Appreciate it. This was written by someone named Spackle. (laughs) Sunny D is so hot. I regret this so fucking much. Uh, Warning. I wrote this fic while listening to Shape of You by Ed Sheeran, ironically. So that should tell you how bad this is. If you read this, I'm so sorry. Echo, what have you done to me? Uh, what, what, was, what was that name? Ed Sheeran. Okay, you said Ed Sheeran. Oh, sorry. That's because no. I want to run away. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to give you shit. I'm so sorry. I saw Sheeran and I was like, that's a good idea. That's me. <laughs> All right. I woke up in a cold sweat. That Sunny DTM bottle had been in my dreams for a concerning amount of time. I half convinced myself they were normal at first, but then as they continued, I couldn't ignore the signs. Pulling <sighs> up my sheets, I looked down to my wet garage. What was even more concerning was that the dreams were. Wet dreams. I shifted out of bed, walking to the kitchen. I'd have thought of opening the fridge, but I ignored it and poured myself a cup of water. I finished it and placed the cup in the sink. Didn't think of anything else to do except for that sunny DTM. God, I don't know what's fucking wrong with me, but my heart pounded as I opened the fridge door and my gaze locked onto that beautiful orange bottle. Specifically, the ones without the sports cap. (laughs) I'd always loved the Sunny DTM bottles when I was a kid. I collected them in my room until my mom threw them all out and threatened to send me to a psychiatric hospital. But now, I could do whatever I wanted. Whatever I wanted. I could feel my heart beating even faster as I screwed the cap open and threw it away. I didn't worry about my cunt getting stuck as I undid my pants and pulled down my boxers to reveal my hard dick. I jerked it a couple times before placing the bottle in my left hand and pushing into it. The juice was cool around my hot cock and I moaned in delight as I pulled out and thrust back in juice splattered and spilled on the floor, but I ignored it as I wildly pounded back in and back out. The plastic draped the sides of my dick, and I stuttered as I came down the empty bottle of juice. I pulled out, my dick now sticky with the gross combination of semen and sunny DTM. I threw the juice in the sink and placed the empty bottle on the counter. I can't look at Sunny DTM the same. Can I go now? I I just want to let everyone know that Chai Tea Energy left a kudos on this work. (laughs) Yeah, Chai Tea Energy did. Uh, Which, from watching Spider-Verse last night, Chai means tea. You're saying TT. Yeah, TT Energy. TT Energy. Or Tata Energy. Ayo. Ayo. Hi. 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 I can't look at it. I can't look at it the same. I can't. 
I can't. Listen. My dog's name is Sunny. You'll be able to put this in. You're the one who chose to read that. I didn't realize. I didn't make the connection. You'll be able to put it out of your head. I promise. Don't worry. It won't be stuck with you forever. I've read a lot of horrible things. I'd like to imagine that. Do you remember those weird commercials in the 90s where, like, like the Capri Sun kids got turned into silver people or, like, mm-hmm. airheads kids mm-hmm. faces blew up? There was a lot of body horror in the yeah. 90s commercial scene. I feel like this is one of those kids recovering. And, like... <laughs> they were... It's one of those kids that saw something when they were a child and went, Uh-oh, hope this doesn't unlock something inside of me. <laughs> decades <laughs> So, uh, if if I can, I think I would like to pick a fic to. I will be the the narrator for. Does that work? That we yeah, cycle yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have picked a submission. It is called "Come Get Ya Some Crunchy Boy" on Wattpad. What? <laughs> the author is person who writes well, and the here is the uh, the description. This story is about the sexiest man alive, Captain Grunge. Smirk, smirk, smirk. This story contains murder, suicide, smut, kidnapping, and more stuff like that. If you don't like any of that, then don't read this. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get on to this horrible, horrible story. (laughs) How many chapters is this? Seven. (laughs) They're really short chapters. They're really short. They're like one paragraph long chapters. Oh, good. It's a YN fic, you guys. Yeah, YN. Whose name do we want to insert? Oh. I don't know. Who wants to be associated with this? Who wants to be fucked by Captain Crunch? I've already fucked a Sunny D bottle. There's no lower for me. <laughs> um, I'll I'll be your name if you want. I'll be Alexi. Is that the person? Yes, that is Captain Crunch. Oh, who do you want me to be? Well, I can be Captain Crunch then. Yeah, you do. You have to do your Captain Dwarf voice, though. I'll be YN. Yeah, Roxy, you be YN. Hmm, what cereal should I get? YN asked himself. I don't know. What should you get? It's a good boyfriend voice. <laughs> I forgot I was narrating. <laughs> this one's a mess. I'm a mess. Alexi, YN's boyfriend, now back from the bathroom, asked. Alexi wrapped his arms around YN's chest and kissed his neck. In public? Yen asked, trying to get Alexi off him. Ugh, fine. I know you're still a little nervous about, you know, coming out. Alexi said. Know what I did? I ordered a pride flag off of my Amazon account, painted the words I'm gay on it, and hung it up in my room. Then I just waited until they walked in. Alexi said, kissing Yen's neck some more. Yen let out an edible, an edible, an audible <laughs> sigh. Alexi got <laughs> off of him. When did, when did he get on him? I'm so confused. Okay. Sorry, I just love you so much. Alexi said while looking at all of the cereal. If no one puts an edible sigh in quotes, I will be so mad. <laughs> I'm, I hate you. Just at home only until I come out, okay? YN asked. Okay. Alexi said. Man, they're out of cinnamon toast crunch. Yn said as he stamped his foot. Yn came across a cereal he's never seen before. Captain Crunch. He grabbed it and put it into the cart. Whoa, this is some sloshy cereal. Yn thought. Must be how it's made. 
Wyan thought as he walked to the cash register. Continue the next part. End of chapter one. Brace yourself for more reading. Oh, I'm bracing. Okay, I am so confused. I guess they were buying cereal. I thought he was picking out cereal at home. Okay. I thought they were at home, too. Yeah. No, because he doesn't like public displays oh, of affection. They're in the yeah. grocery store. I'm also confused that he's never heard of Cap'n Crunch. Yeah. Like, just ever. But okay. Oh, God. Okay. Why in poured the sloshy brown cereal into the bowl? I don't even think I need a milk. This is so moist. Wyatt said with a grossed-out face. Going up, my friends. Alexi said as he put on a fancy coat. With who? I mean, who's so important that you have to dress like that? Asked Wyatt. Jason, Max, Kayla, and Margot. Jason and Max are straight, right? Asked Wyatt. Don't worry, I won't cheat on you. Answered Alexi. But yeah, they're straight. Jason's dating Margot and Max is dating Kayla. So I feel like a double third wheel. Said Alexi, walking over to Wyan. He wrapped his hands around Wyan's chest and kissed him on the neck like always. I love you, Wyan. Alexi said, kissing him one more time. I've got to go. Friends are waiting. I won't cheat on you. Promise. <laughs> he said, walking out the door. Neither with will I. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why said before Alexi shut the door? I just imagine he says, neither will I, shiftily looking at the cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put my dick in this cereal so hard. <laughs> it doesn't count, right? <laughs> it doesn't count if it's cereal. <laughs> Let's go try this disgusting cereal. Why said while turning on his favorite TV show. The Real Housewives of New York never gets old. He said. He felt a hard P.S. of something in his mouth. <laughs> he swallowed everything but the hard P.S. He took it out of his mouth. It was a P.S. of paper. He unfolded it and it stated, Meet me at this address. Now! Wyan was suspicious, but he did it anyway. Ah, fuck it. He said. End of chapter two. Get ready for some sexiness. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah, now it's time for Captain Crunch. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. You ready? I, I got I got Captain Crunch. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. You ready, Roxy? No. Why <laughs> <laughs> no. walked where the address on the letter was. I don't see anyone. Shit, maybe I'm late. Wyan said. Maybe that's a good thing. A familiar voice said. Wyan turned around and saw before him the one and only Lean Lafoot. Lean Lafoot, and your name. Lean Lafoot said, holding his hand out. That is fucking canonical name. <laughs> yeah. How I know the name of Crunch in front of God and everyone. God's not here, word. bestie. God left a long time ago. God is not in this chat. Yeah. <laughs> we, there's this Craig. <laughs> Craig. In front of Craig and everyone. <laughs> Wyan. Wyan said. Nice to meet you, Wyan. Meet with an A. Lean said. It's like Uwu Ryan. Wyan. <laughs> Wyan. Wyan. <laughs> this is this is where some aggressive shit starts happening out of the fucking blue. What? Lean aggressively grabbed Wyan, covered his mouth, and kidnapped him. Oh! <laughs> Wyan tried to scream, but he couldn't. Shh, 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 
don't worry. Everything is going to be okay. He <laughs> said. <laughs> he pushed his hand into him mouth and made Wyan shut up. His hand tastes like Captain Crunch cereal, Wyan thought. That's when Wyan realized he was being kidnapped by the Captain Crunch mascot. Get ready for even better sexiness. Very smexy. I, I, I think we've given this all that it deserves. No, no, I need more. We have to. Okay. I need to see where this goes. We have to at That's least get to the end of chapter four, um, okay. and, and then we can, we and then we can move on. Does he come milk? I need answers. <laughs> Psyche, uh, you're a you're just a real uh, dirty girl, aren't you? I hate it here. You need yeah. to know about how Captain Crunch comes. No, you just said it. I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> you are home. Oh no! Captain Crunch brought Yn to a sketchy apartment complex. Yn and Lean heard moaning and rocking of beds. Ew. Wyan said, even though he wished his boyfriend did that with him. That's what we're gonna do. Lean said, opening the 4D apartment door. What? Yelled Wyan in shock. <laughs> Lean said, pushing Wyan on a dirty stained mattress. I kinda gotta go to the bathroom. Wyan said awkwardly. Quickly. Demanded Lean. Wyan walked to the bathroom. He stripped off all of his clothes, knowing what was to come. Wyan did his business and came out of the bathroom. Come and get ya some crunchy boy. <laughs> Captain said. Captain was naked. Wyan stared in wonder of how big it was. Orl, I'll do you. Lean Lafoot said, bringing his hand to his dick, rubbing it. He moaned slightly. Yes, please. Wyan said, jumping on the mattress. Captain Crunch got down on his knees and put Wyan's dick in his mouth and started going in and out, in and out. Wyan moaned loudly. Captain, oh my god. Wyan moaned. Then they switched roles. Oh, Wyan. Captain moaned. Captain then released the milk that went with the cereal. Wyan almost swallowed. Spit, my boy, spit. Lean said. End of okay, chapter four. I'm I'm good. We don't have to read more. I'm good. Yeah, I didn't want to get into the shmooish mide stuff. I'm good. I'm good. Ugh. I'm good. You got your answer, Roxy. Well, he what? doesn't come milk. He comes. He he comes the milk that comes with the cereal, and I think that was supposed to be poetic. <laughs> Person who writes well. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I diagnose you with therapy, please. Please, God. I also want to say, 30 people have read this. And only yeah. one of them is us. <laughs> and you one of them what? is Cody, because he at least looked at it. I'm not even mad, though. Like, I'm glad that people are expressing themselves. I am, too. You know, people deserve to be able to get this shit out of their head. Or their ass. Or it's not going to hurt anyone. <laughs> This is how we all figure out that Lean LaFoot is Captain Crunch's legal Christian God-given name. Craig-given name. Craig-given name. I'm sorry. In Craig we trust. Amen. Oh, Forever and ever. Amen. What's the next one? Pixie, you're reading this one. We've got another Captain Crunch one. This is a romance, though. Oh. Do we want to get more Captain? I mean, it's not a hardcore kidnapping to schmooch my fic? No, it doesn't seem like it. Because oh, this is one anime boy Captain Crunch image. <laughs> yeah, this is Captain Crunch X Tricks, as in Tricks the Rabbit. 
Crunchitize me. God damn it. Captain Crunch is just another little weeblet who no one would ever love. Well, that's what he thought until he met Trix. There's only one chapter. Which cereal mascot do you want to be, my friend? I will be the Trix. Okay. Then you get to be Horatio Magellan. Oh, God. This is written by Sonic's Kitty Cat, and the uh, their profile picture is a choice. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's Sonic kissing Obama. I'm sending a screenshot. <laughs> it's it is it is uh shoujo so you know i horatio magellan crunch i'm just your average little small bean and today is my very first day of school i proceed to swish my majestic pearl colored hair behind my protruding ears and throw my signature hat on oh shoot i'm gonna be late on my first day of school i don't know why he's southern <laughs> i said as i look at the clock school starts in five minutes I ran as fast as my two-foot-tall legs could go out the door. As I walked through the classroom door, as everyone's eyes were set on me. Today, class, we have a new student here with us. My face flushed as I looked around. I'm just so shy. Oh, God. Okay. Hi, my name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. Everyone laughed at my little shy stutter, and what seemed to be the popular girl got up and yelled, Look at the freak! And everyone started to laugh ten times more. As my eyes turned dark and tears started falling, I hear someone talk, I know, I've the crowd of new of my new classmates. Shut up! He said with a scary expression, but he was kind of hot. Come on, let's go, Horatio! He proceeded to grasp my hand and we ran to the cherry blossoms around the chill fountain. Are you all right? He asked me with a worried expression. I instinctively went and stroked his soft ears. He looked away in embarrassment. You probably think I'm cute, don't you? He stated, looking at his little rabbit toes. I lifted his chin and stared at his crystal-colored eyes. No, no, I don't. I think you're really hot and cool. He grabbed my pink cheeks and caressed my lips with his. My face turned red and I hugged him. After a while, he started to escort me home. So what's your name? I asked. Cinnabon Bon. He said with a soft voice. God damn it. Last updated in November 13, 2022. Oh, my birthday. Oh, <laughs> it, it was a present birthday. for you. Oh my God. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want your birthday present? Sure fucking don't, Chief. Thanks, though. But it had a little ooh-woo boy, uh, Captain Crunch. Happy birthday, here's some garbage. <laughs> want more wham, bam, thank you, man? Can't get enough of our sexy voices and even sexier brains. Join our Patreon at the flirt level for only $3 to gain access to ad-free episodes, monthly book polls, and the patrons-only portion of our Discord. Looking for something more? Our one-night stands at $5 also get episodes one week early, access to our personal reading notes from each episode, and a special, customized gift in December. We have so much to show you. All we need is a little commitment. Interested? Check out our socials, WBTYMPod, basically anywhere people congregate. Each one will link our Patreon. Can't wait to see you there. I want to check in with Roxy. I'm here! How many more do you have in you before you give up? I can, I can, I can ma'am with the rest of the mammaries. Bring it on!
All right, if you're sure, champ. I ain't tapping out. All right, who wants to narrate next? I can. So you get to pick, Chief. Yep, pick what okay. you want. Pick your poison. Um, Literally. I'll do the me six reader. Okay. <laughs> How bad could it be? I just read the text. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so who would like to voice me six? Andy, do you want to be me six? Sure. I think that's the only voice here. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I can do that. I can do that for you. Me six sexily sauntered into your shared bedroom after a day at work, annoying every fucking person ever. Lying on the bed next to you, they opened their mouth filled with feet. You leveled up to level your mom. You instantly became horny. Their words filling you with lust like no other. Me six pulled down their trousers and grabbed their 15-foot member. Pushing you onto the bed and staring into your blue-pink alpha dragon hybrid orbs, they opened you with a can opener and immediately started thrusting into your exposed hole. Shivering at the feeling on being impaled on their fat cock, you violently moaned. I'm here to tell you about your car's extended warranty. It was clear you had turned them on as they grabbed your petite little one but one frame and started thrusting even harder, their dick coming out of your mouth. By the end of it, you were both exhausted. <laughs> their their cum shooting out of your nose in every breath you took and then panting on the ground from such an intense orgasm. The walls were painted a thick, creamy white, and it was clear how much you drained them. Me Six lovingly grabbed you and flung you across the room before slapping you over their wrist and watching you roll around before stopping. Another intense organ shooting over your body. They started drowning you in the sink before saying, You leveled up to level die. Well done. The <laughs> end. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 it's like the sunny D all over again. Yeah, but did someone just get fucking murdered <laughs> by me? I, six? Is, is that a king? Don't Don't. <laughs> I mean, me me six has always been a bit sketchy. Also, I want someone to send that fan fiction to Acorns because he notoriously hates me six. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> On it right now. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Mina sent me something, and um, I'll just read an excerpt because I, I really like the poem here. For a moment, together they join, and do not move save for hands soft and warm caressing. His are firm upon her but gentle, hers tender yet eager, for what they feel is a long, lean body of hard muscle and the scent of musky maleness, more potent than a full garden of roses. And she hears him say, What use an eager stem without a flower? Tis but a weed to be plucked, discarded, desolate and lonely, left to wither. 
Ah, for such proud stock, this fate's too sordid. How may bud longing to blossom, find reason to bloom detached from vine, that carries sap for unfolding's ransom? Full petals spread best when drunk on such wine, yet more is needed for stem and flower, if sweeter, stronger, and finer to grow. To other storms and circumstances sear, what is't, ah, beloved, tis this we know, affection's warmth, tender showers of care, what nurtures most desire, this love we share. Then the time of words is done, as they slowly begin to move together, rhythms ancient beyond memory, yet ever new and fresh. The poems now are written with lips and tongues and fingers and bodies, writhing together gradually faster and faster, stronger. Synchronization in motion, hearts beating as one, inexorably approaching the great divide from passion to satiation, across the abyss of climax, as if this phantom lover knew her as only one other man ever did. Fuck yeah. I forgot there was good writing in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Good job, Mina. Good job. All right. Do we want something with fucking or something without fucking? I think we're saving... Well, because we also have the Planet of the Apes of Secret of Planets and Half-Life, Full-Life Consequences. Neither of which have sex. They're just fucking goofy. There's also Quarter Life in there as well. I'm not sure that we could ever do a better job at Half-Life, Full-Life Consequences than already exists in the world. That's true, that's true. Half-Life, Full-Life Consequences does already have a perfect rendition. So I am considering us doing the other two fix that Teeth has sent us, and then any others that are left, and then doing the soft one. Okay. I'm calling it a night. That's my, that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read a quarter life halfway to destruction. Let's see how many voices we need here. We have Jim and we have Gordon. You know what? I think this one makes sense for just one person to read. I'll just do yeah. voices. <laughs> just, just plow through it. We've been plowing a bit tonight. Quarter life, halfway to destruction. Author's nose. Encyclopedia, which is online encyclopedia like Wikipedia, said I was writing a story called Quarter Life, Halfway to Destruction, and don't know where come, but I decide to write anyway. Chapter one, what it means. Gordon Freakman was studying in his was studying laboratory, fellow scientist, cow worker, cow worker. Jim said, Gordon Freeman, what are you working on? I have discovered new radioactive isotope, but it is so volatile that it does not have a half-life, but a quarter-life, so we must observe with hasty. Just then, a headcrab went on Jim's head. Oh no, where did the headcrab come from? Gordon went to the crowbarb. It was missing, so I had borrow a claymore sword. He hits to headcrab, and Jim was okay, but his head was cut. Watch where you're swinging at me, just kidding, thanks. Ha ha, they laughed. Wait, oh no, where did isotope? It had been stole. Chapter two. They revoke to isotope, but they don't. <laughs> Gordon and Jim arrived at the alien scene where a bad guy from the game said, I have to take isotope and it will cause meltdown. <laughs> no, not all of Dallas, which was target of where they were. And it was a nice place. And my friend lives there. If you do not agree to my demands, too late. And the isotope hit quarter life and the room was slowly become vaporized. You must escape out of here fastly. But Jim was already blowed to smithereens. Chapter three, destruction is imminent. This is Gordon Freeman. How do we contain to meltdown? I know. And he used portals to push enemy headquarters into a portal so Dallas wouldn't melt down and it would only go off harmless in Atlantic Ocean. Hooray, I succeeded at winning the mission. 
Not so fast, Mr. Gordon. What happens next? You decide. Thanks for reading. Please buy my book at peterchimera.com. I am poor. This sounds like a knockoff of Full Life Consequences. We were just talking about Full Life okay. Consequences. Say, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you've read Full Life Consequences and went, I could do that. <laughs> but there's no John Freeman, Gordon Freeman's brother. Yeah. Yeah, but we were just saying we couldn't do a better job of reading Half Life, Full Life, Con- Half Life Two, Full of Consequences, mm-hmm. than was already done. So yeah, we have the Planet of the Apes, Secret of Planet, and then Skelly meets his match, which is uh, the Home Depot skeleton and Lady Dimitrescu. No fucking way! Yeah, I found that one. <laughs> That's fucking great, Psyche. How ready are you to read for Lady Dimitrescu? I'm so ready. And I don't know if Lady Demetrius, like, actually talks. So I don't know if Psyche just wants to be, like, the narrator here as Lady Demetrius. Oh, yeah, I could, I could just read this. Skelly meets his match. The tall vampire lady meets the Home Depot skeleton. <laughs> Dimitrescu belched. She sighed. She licked the last drop of blood off her lip and stepped over the body. Out of the library and back into the empty hallway. She paused to listen to the sounds of laughter and a waltz floating up from the ballroom, then turned. Her gaze skimmed over the dark beard and wide brown eyes visible on the library floor, and she shut the door behind her, so he wasn't visible anymore. Another Saturday night, another six-footer who said he wanted to climb her like a tree, but at least this one had a magnificent tongue and an impressive head of hair. She headed down the stairs into the front door, ducking slightly to avoid the candelabra. Her friends and enemies probably wouldn't mind that she'd left early, and if they did, they'd just have to deal with it. When she emerged from the doorway into the snowy night, she straightened up to her full nine feet six inches, Her shadow in the pool of light from the door seemed to stretch on forever. As nice as it had been to hold that little man in her arms and ravish him, sometimes she just wanted to exist in a world that fit her. Someday, she would come to a party like this and meet someone taller than her, and then she would climb him like a tree, and then drain his blood, and then have to start the hunt all over again. Her yellow eyes seemed to dim for an instant, until she set her jaw, gave a tiny nod, and headed home. Another month had passed, and Dimitrescu was headed to another party to toast the new moon. She stood at the edge of the lawn, watching other guests arrive, evaluating most of the men, some of the women, and everyone else. She looked down at the incredible rack that was mostly contained within her corset, None of the guests looked worth the effort of taking the damn thing off, so it'd have to stay put until she changed into her pajamas. Ugh, she wasn't hungry enough to go through the effort of dealing with these tiny people, so she turned away from the manor house and was about to slide through the trees as a shadow to avoid getting her shoes or hemline dirty. That was when she heard the clip-clop of gigantic hooves coming up on the gravel drive and saw a pair of bright blue eyes glowing in the air above the huge horse's back. They were high enough that their owner had to be at least 11 feet tall, maybe even 12. After the eyes, 
she noticed the rest of him. He dismounted, handed the horse's reins to a servant, and walked across the grass. Mud squished up between, God damn it, between his toe bones and his fleshless hips made a clickety clack with each step. Without realizing it, she raised her hand to her chest and traced her fingers along her breast, right at the edge of her corset, imagining how those ivory ribs would feel pressed against her. She ran her tongue over her fangs and realized she couldn't drain this one. Well, she couldn't drain his blood. If she moved now, she could cross his path before he got to the door. Her eyes flashed golden and she smiled, tossed her hair, and started walking. Damn. And then they fuck. And then they fuck. You hear a bunch of xylophone sounds from the bedroom. <laughs> uh, spooky Scary Skeletons is playing. <laughs> xylophone. <laughs> and then they boned. Yeah, then they boned. Hey. Hey, yo. He's hey. a lesbian, though. It's canon. Hell yeah. He's a uh, lesbian. I just want to say one of the people who gave this kudos was where the wild things never were. And spoopy, scary skeleton. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's amazing, though. <laughs> a, ske- a skeleton oh. like this. Oh, uh, my God. Okay. So I guess to even the score, I've got Planets of the Apes, Secret of Planet. Yeah, you've got to read this <laughs> one. Yeah, that's yours. That's okay. yours. I can do that. <laughs> this sounds like sleepover energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, all all wham bam thank you ma'am properties like anything we do together all feel like sleepover energy because yeah we're all... like that surreal 2 a.m too much sugar you know <laughs> yeah like i just looked into the void and the void looked back kind of vibes and was like hey let's paint each other's nails <laughs> hey bitch <laughs> i got some new sugar smackers <laughs> Yes, French braid. <laughs> oh my god, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh my god. Uh, Cave right. says, and in this case, the void was a butthole. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, I now I want there to be like a warlock patron fanfic where he he stared into the void and the void stared back. And the void was a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Listen, we know a guy. We know a lot of people, actually. Yeah, we can, I know we too can, many people. <laughs> I can make a warlock patron that's a butthole. No, no. You're not going to like it. A, we don't need a butthole tier. We don't. Ah, uh, yes. The brown-eyed one. <laughs> All right. Read the stupid fucking. <laughs> the starfish in the sky. Okay. <laughs> planet of the Apes. Secret of Planet. Otner's note. This fanfiction is based onto the original planet of the Apps movie because I like it better because it had Charlton Hesseman, who is a good act, who is good actor, but then he died because of circumstances. <laughs> Sorry, I you're gonna say because of circumcision. <laughs> he died from circumcision. Woe is he. And ship of space travel tacked down on the remotely desert planet. Oh, uh, yeah. Desert, no, yeah. Des- yeah, desert planet uh, that seek for currently was Earth, but the ship didn't know because it is plot twist. The crashing happened, and then the ship crashed, but bad. 
out of ship came Captain Harvey John, and he said, My crew are dead, so I have to forage in the wilderness. But then he found a city of apes. Oh no, this must be Earth, he questioned. Take him to the leader apes, said a gorillas, who were military him into town so hard it made him hurt his life. Who is this human? cried Dr. Zayas with yelling cry. My name is Captain John. Dr. Zayas gapped. This is outrage. Demand to kill him immediately. You say that now, explaining John, but I have evidence you will betray the apes. What have the evidence? asked Cornelius. But then the gorillas got mad because he was siding with the humans after so much they had been through. But he did not have to give the evidence because Dr. Zayas reached up with, ang with his angry growl and his fists were powerful ape claws that screamed with his mouth. He is mutating into evil, Zira said, and she hid on the floor where the apes were hiding. John yelled, we only have 10 seconds left, so we have to run before he time runs out. What happens then? Too late, Dr. Zayas said, with explosion, and then he exploded. But they ran away in time of the explosion. That explosion was nearly too much, Cornelius rubbed his fist. It is too bad. Dr. Zayas was a very great ape and not a bad guy. True, John said, reinformingly. But this is what happens when you have to prejudice. It was a very sad lesson. But the human still has to pay for his crime, said a gorilla, and then they had to execute Captain John, and then Cornelius got the arrest for being on his side. Zira waited for him to get out of prison. The end of chapter one. Authors not. In chapter two, Cornelius is relursed from, pr from Priston for good behaving that he does, but they could not never undie the human Captain John because he was like Taylor, who they liked a long time ago, but before all the things happened. The end. Thank you. Thank you. It never uh, gets easier. It never, it never, it always hurts. Always. I hope I did it justice. I think you, you did a there, great job. Thank there you. is no justice. <laughs> <laughs> True. There is no justice. Uh, but you did a good job. You did. This is a Hawkeye, Clint Barton, and James Bucky Barnes fan fiction otherwise known as Winterhawk. This was from the Valentine's Day 2020 Blind Date Exchange. The tags are Alternate Universe Soulmates, Sick Fic, Human Disaster Clint Barton, Fic Exchange, Valentine's Day Fic Exchange, Mother Hen Bucky Barnes. It is in English. It is called Cough Medicine, and it's by Ginny, who is not here right now because of time zones, but uh, she, she is in the Discord. Ooh. The summary. Bucky Barnes did not have a soulmate, never had one. He had vague memories of writing on his skin and staring longingly at it, hoping an answer would appear the way he'd seen it happen on his ma's arms whenever she wrote his dad a note. An answer never appeared. That was until one day halfway through February. This one is about uh, a little under 4K words. So how much do we want to read? Do you want to do the whole thing? I can just narrate to you guys. Or uh, do we, we want to do a segment? What, what are we feeling, man? I think we should do a segment. Yeah. Okay, here. We'll, we'll just start with, like, the cute soulmate shit. He was sitting in a tree, keeping an eye on the guards at the gate and those patrolling the grounds to get a sense of their schedule. 
when he felt something itchy on his flesh arm. He tried to swipe away whatever bug it was without taking his eyes off the guards, but it didn't do anything. Scratching didn't help either. The itch just moved further up his arm like it was evading his hands. Finally gave up and pulled away his sleeve to find whatever pest had found its way up there and froze. There was writing there. There was writing on his arm and what looked like Sharpie and more was being added as he watched. The handwriting was neat, a list of instructions of some sort. He watched as the last words took form on his arm. Inhaler, Ventolin, four times a day. Don't forget. Really important, Clint. Seriously. Spelled S-R-S-L-Y, exclamation point. Antibiotics, rest five weeks. Dextromorphin, equals cough meds, two times a day. March 27th, medical. Don't be an idiot and call me if you need me, Clint. 917-710-5642. He stared at it. It didn't disappear, but nothing else happened either. He covered the writing with his hand and pulled it back. It was still there. Stark black writing against his skin. There was no doubt about it. His heart was racing, and for some reason, he was breathing hard. Someone had written on his skin. Well, not his skin. His soulmate's skin. Oh, fuck. He had a soulmate. An actual soulmate. His mind couldn't even begin to grasp the concept. Oh, fuck. How? His thought process stopped in his tracks when the itch returned. He stared as more writing appeared on his skin. Different writing. It was shaky, untidy, and barely legible. There were splotches, and a few times it looked like the writer stopped halfway through a word, only to continue writing. Uh, I'm going to read the parts that were already there, and then like the other part in a different voice. Inhaler, Ventolin, four times a day. Don't forget, really important, Clint. Seriously, antibiotics three times a day. Rest five weeks. You're right in a fucking way. Dextromorphin cough meds two times a day, scratched out. That's the shit that makes me dizzy, I don't know. March 27, medical. Pull a my arm phone, get a new phone first. Don't be an idiot and call me if you need me, Clint. 917-710-5642. The writing stopped. Bucky stared at the mess on his arm, and somewhere in the back of his mind, a voice commented that he had apparently managed to have a soulmate who was even more of a disaster than Stevie had been. He winced to the thought and pushed it to the back of his mind. He was definitely not ready to unpack any of that right now or ever. And then, I'm going to skip a little bit. Clint gets interrupted by his dog barking while he's trying to rest. It took him way too long to realize that Lucky's sudden alertness wasn't a reaction to his coughing fit. As a matter of fact, it took Lucky jumping off the couch and growling at someone just out of Clint's field of vision to actually jumpstart Clint's muddled brain into some form of action. He shot upright, tumbled off the couch in a tangle of blankets, inhalers, pillows, and dignity. Groped for the hearing aids he discarded on the coffee table earlier, forgot, again, that his hand was in a cast, and thus not actually able to feel or grab anything. Wiped both aids and the bow off the table and out of reach. Not that he could use his bow right now anyway, but he always felt better with it close to him and managed to actually grab a knife from under the couch with his good hand, all before he collapsed into another coughing fit and nicked his cheek with a knife. Because, of course, if he was being 100% honest with himself, he didn't actually expect to survive long enough for the coughing fit to end. Whoever the dark figure was that had just climbed in from the fire escape, everything about him screamed danger. The kind of danger that was either his best friend or an assassin. Well, his best friend was also an assassin, but Natasha wouldn't Nate Clint, not even after the stunt he'd pulled on his latest mission. Probably. So, she was different. It was a bit of a surprise then, when he finally managed to stop coughing and untangling himself from the blankets, that he was still breathing. Okay, breathing was a bit of an overstatement. Gasping for breath, more like. But he couldn't actually blame the Mr. Dark and probably an assassin for that, so... The man had taken a step forward and reached out, but stopped short from actually touching Clint. If that was because of Clint, or because of Lucky, had put himself firmly between Clint and Mr. Dark and probably an assassin, maybe, Clint didn't know. Mr. Dark and probably an assassin, maybe, was staring at Clint like a deer in headlights. It really wasn't a very assassin-y expression. Clint took a moment to try and control his breathing. Lost cause, but he could at least keep himself from having another coughing fit. Until Mr. Dark and probably an assassin, maybe, decided if he should kill Clint or not. Are you okay? At least he spoke clearly enough for Clint to read his lips. 
Clint wondered how he should answer that, actually managed to remember that talking wasn't great right now, and shrugged instead, uh, trying to telegraph with his expression just how stupid that question was. Pulling a face reminded him that there was still a cut on his cheek and a knife in his hand. Right. Right. I, fuck, I don't even, what am I doing? I bought stuff, yes, from the list, and more, because you're not using your cough medicine, and honey and liquors help at least a little bit, and right by. With that, he tossed whatever he was holding in his other hand at Clint. Clint ducked. He was pretty stupid, but he wasn't that stupid, and jumped back out the window and right off the fire escape in a terrifying leap that even Steve would be proud of. Clint dissolved into another coughing fit, because of course he did, but when that one cleared, he still hadn't died. He got up to investigate the projectile. It was a bag from the pharmacy. Mr. Dargan, probably not an assassin at this point, had thrown a bag at him before fleeing. In it, Clint found cough medicine, a bottle of Gatorade, a jar of honey, a bag of something named honey licorice, a jar of Vicks Vapor Rub, and a little bottle of oil that, according to the label, should be added to steaming water before inhaling the steam to clear block sinuses. Also, several packs of tissues and a pack of tea bags. That was weird. Really weird. Right? Yeah, most definitely weird. Clint's brain was too futzing muddled for this shit. He sat down on the couch because at this point, standing just seemed like more effort than he could expend and stared at his hands while he tried to work through what just happened. <laughs> Clint starts getting writing on his arm. It took an embarrassingly long time for his brain to catch up and inform him of the other way someone who wasn't there could be writing on his arm. It didn't actually make any of this make more sense. Drink the tea with honey. It should help with your cough, even if you're not using the cough medicine, which you should use. Put the salve on your chest and on your back if you can reach. Instructions for steaming are on the bottle. For a while, Clint thought his soulmate crossed out. The mysterious invisible writer was done, but then more letters appeared. I'm sorry for scaring you and hurting you. I didn't mean to. I won't bother you again. Clint stared at the writing on his arm. That was something. He didn't know what, but something. Because Clint Barton did not have a soulmate. He was very sure that. Both Barney and his dad had reminded him of that enough. He was meant to be alone forever, and despite them being wrong about a lot, so far they'd been dead right on that account. Clint's string of three ex-wives were a clear statement. And yet... He stared at the words, written in clear blue pen next to the faded lines of Kate's list in his own awful scrawl. He thought of Mr. Probably Not an Assassin at all standing in his living room of the look he'd given Clint. It took him the better part of a half hour to find anything to write with in a disaster zone of his apartment. What he came up with was a purple gel pen that he bought to write reports in because A, it would get the neurotic assholes in filing an aneurysm if the reports weren't written in blue or black pen, and B, purple was the best color, and if he was going to be stuck writing reports and filling out forms, at least he could have that one joy in his life. And then he writes, and they talk to each other. When the answer came, it was written on his bicep. I think I do want to. I could bring you new pizza. You dropped the other one because of me. That was it, Clint decided. Bucky was definitely his soulmate, no question. Best soulmate, see you in the bit? Bucky stared at his flesh arm covered in black Sharpie, blue ballpoint, and purple pen. This was going to go wrong, so very wrong. He could put Clint in serious danger just by being there. Clint, who was also Hawkeye, an adventurer, and Steve's friend. There are so many reasons why this was a horrible idea. He took a deep breath, closed his eyes for a moment, and then carefully picked up the pen in his metal hand. Pepperoni okay? See you in an hour. For the first time since 1945, he felt his lips pull into a smile. This was a horrible idea, but he had pizza to buy and a disastrous blonde superhero to take care of. That much wasn't new. He hesitated for a moment and then finished the sentence with a flourish. Soulmate. Aww. Aww. No. Oh, it's just cute. Aww. Yeah. It totally purges the uh, Captain Crunch fuckfic earlier. Yeah, yeah. So if you need a good palate cleanser, this is just a cute soulmate say you. It's very cute. Jeannie did a great job. I just kind of hit the highlights, but there is more cute stuff in here. Anything else to say before we close this out? I think this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for joining us. Sincerely. Yeah. yeah. 
Thank, thank you so you. much. This has been so fun. Thank you oh, for anybody, everybody's fic Rex. Thank you for the jokes. Thank you for consistently being funnier than us. Yeah, thank you for being funnier <laughs> than us. We appreciate it. Join us next time for our season one finale where we cover Sing Anyway, a Moonlighters novella by Anita Kelly. This book follows Sam and Lily over the course of a magical night at Mooney's, a queer karaoke bar that brings them joy and love in equal measure. This has been Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am. I hope we've left you thoroughly satisfied. Get, Get flirty, flirty and, and stay, stay